0: Welcome to Working for Women, the Independent Women's Forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hello, I'm Carrie Lucas, Managing Director at the Independent Women's Forum, and your host for today's Working for Women podcast. I'm here with Julie Gunlock, who leads our Culture of Alarmism project. Today, we're going to be celebrating the summer season a little bit by talking about how government is trying to rain on our summertime parade. Um, It seems that that everywhere you look and everything you read, you see more about how government is meddling into another issue that used to be considered private life. Um, So, Julie, first, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. Great. Well, um, you know, first, do you think you're overstating the problem a bit? Well, you know, when you think of the types of of, um, things that you're going to be doing over the summer with your boys, how does government factor in, or does it? No, it's
1: absolutely true and kind of astonishing. I think it's astonishing to people Um, when they hear about these things, um, how, how the government is sort of interfering in everyday life from regulations that make products more expensive, um, to things like shutting down lemonade stands because a child hasn't applied for a license. Um, you know, my kids want to go, um, go fit, go fishing with their grandparents and I had to write, um, the city to make sure, um, that my kids don't need a license in addition to um, to my my dad and I mean these are complications that you know you think about how you know kids used to just grab a fishing pole and go out to a local stream and I couldn't even let them do that until I had written the state official to figure out if my kids were going to be fined um, so I mean these are the kinds of things that just make life more complicated and 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 it really does sort of you know I think these are good examples of. You know, when you're arguing with someone and, and they think government is great and government hasn't gotten too big, I mean, these are the types of examples that that clearly show government is out of control, it's gotten too big,
0: and it's meddling in, in some pretty mundane parts of our life. Yeah, you know, Julie, that's, that's really interesting. And you're talking about this idea of sending your uh, the kids walking down to the the stream to, to fish or something. You know, one of the things that I know you, you and I have both talked about is, is you, regardless of where your your kids are heading off to, in so much of America now, you're not allowed to let them walk anywhere by themselves. This whole idea okay. that supervision must be constant, um, you know, it's not even about what you can do on the public park anymore. It's basically like, can you let your kid out the front door without a, um, a policeman knocking on the door and telling you that you're a neglectful parent?
1: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting that you bring that up because... I have written about this, about how you know I want to be more of a free-range parent. And just a quick explanation of the free-range movement: the movement that was started by Lenore Skenazy um, in the 90s. She let her child ride on the subway by himself. He was eight years old, I think he's eight or nine years old most people would sort of gasp at that. I know that that seemed, that seemed radical to me. Um, but her child had grown up in New York City. He'd been on the subway every single day of his life. He knew the subway. He felt confident. Um, it's it's sort of equivalent to, to me allowing my child to walk around the block. He was very comfortable with his surroundings. Anyway, so she wrote an article about this, and that, you know, people were outraged, and they, they called her the worst mother in America, and so... She, you know, she said, this is, this is crazy. I mean, I, my son felt confident. He knew the subway. You know, he, was, he, he knew how it worked. It wasn't that big of a deal. So it, 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 she created this what's now known as the free-range kids movement. And, and that is the idea that, you know, you need to allow your children a little bit of freedom, um, more freedom, uh, certainly more freedom than people give their kids today. And, and the reason for that is that it really helps develop um, a child's, Thinking skills. It to, to helps them develop good judgment and, you know, the ability to do a little risk assessment and, you know, all of it. Survival skills. Problem and, solved, and, and, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pro, so, problem, yeah problem solving. Problem solve. Yeah, and just
0: have a little bit of adventure. You know, I seem. It's, it's. I feel like it's such a shame when you think about how much kids are told. Okay, here's the space in which you can. And you can play and have your pretends, but you know, don't go over there. You know, don't walk any place that hasn't already been padded with a bunch of pillows so you can't <laughs> cut yourself. It's, you know, it really, it really is. I feel, you know, I feel like everybody, um, you know, Gen Xers like us that know that that wasn't, you know, that's not how we lived. You know, we were going around the neighborhood and riding our bikes, and yeah, sometimes we got into scrapes or something bad happened. It's a big part of the learning process.
1: Yeah, and what stops me? What what really? It's interesting. I'm not afraid when my child takes his bike and and goes around the block. I'm not worried about predators or pedophiles or um, or you know drunk drivers. I'm worried that a police officer will knock on my door and get me in trouble because I'm not hovering over my child. And so that's what stops me. And that is so sad. And that is a sign. That you know that that you know many police and 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 government officials have gotten out of control. The idea that I'm more worried about getting in trouble for letting my child ride his bike around around town, um, and that's what stops me. It stops me from being the parent I want to be because I am literally afraid that someone will get me in trouble.
0: Yeah, that's such a that's such a shame. And I know, Julie, you've also talked, you know, we're talking kind of about like kind of that kind of freedom to, to make your own choices. Um, but I know that some of this, some, a lot of the government regulations also come down to um, the way government meddles in, in some of our kind of private lives is also by putting on regulations that make things more expensive. Um, you know, I recently read that you've got um, uh, the state of New York running Airbnb out of business. You have Austin. Um, is getting um, rid of Uber and ride-sharing things, all of which make it harder for people to to do fun things. Um, yeah, about, yeah. I, I know, know you write a lot when it comes to comes to food. Um, how is how is government making food more expensive? Oh, there's just it, 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 the
1: list is endless. It's unbelievable. I mean, from banning certain kinds of oils. To, um, now they're going to be restricting salt. There's murmurs that they're going to be restricting sugar. I mean, these kinds of things. Okay, so in Obamacare there was a provision that requires uh, restaurants to post calorie information on their menus. I mean, all this stuff costs money. So think. Uh, let's just look at the calorie information. I mean, you think of uh, you know uh, um, a store manager or a restaurant manager wants to change something on the menu, maybe. To be more seasonal, right you know tomatoes are in season now um, or in the, in the later summer, so they want to change they want to put something with more tomatoes on their menu okay they they then need to send that dish out to a lab and the, it, it will be analyzed the calorie and fat and all that stuff will be determined and then then they're able to put it on the menu and that costs money, okay that costs a lot of money yeah. and and then there then there's the need to always prepare the dish the same way now there's a they allow a little bit of wiggle room, so you know if one chef puts a you know teaspoon more of goat cheese or something on on the dish uh, that that'll change the, there's a little bit of wiggle room, but not much and so there's this you also need to be completely precise every time you make that meal i mean those costs are just passed on so that so the salad that that might have been yeah. They might have charged eight dollars. Well, because of the added cost, they're going to charge ten dollars for it because they they can't absorb that extra cost. They've got to pass that on to the yeah. to the consumer. This is and, and, and frankly, yeah. it's nice to have calorie information, but studies show that people just sort of ignore them. Um, and in some yeah. cases, they might they might uh, um, they might order something a little bit higher calorie because you know oh the salad is three hundred, but the but the sandwich is five hundred. I'll just eat those extra you know, and, and they then they're missing all the, the nutrients from the salad. So, you know, look, it's it's frustrating for me to when you when you consider these regulations, these oh, this'll be good for you, when in fact it really does nothing except increased costs. That's the galling part.
0: Yeah, yeah that's you know, it's, it's really it's interesting. I think people don't if people knew just how much <laughs> this ends up adding their um you know, the, the cost, the bills, their grocery bills, um they would be outraged. Something else, yeah, and it's not and you Oh, go ahead go on. Sorry. Go on. No, no. I was just going to say, you know, I've been living in Europe for seven of the last eight years, and I um, mean, another thing I think that Americans should be outraged about, and that people aren't totally aware of, is just how much the cost of litigation affects and um affects life in America and really limit our choices. You know, it's it's not it's you know obviously you've got when you're talking about the, these um. Trying to comply with all these regulations. Well, in addition, all of these, um, all these restaurateurs and all these, um, you know, um, anybody who is um, interfacing with the public has to worry about getting sued. And it's such a different thing here in Europe, where there's not nearly the litigation culture that there is in America. And one yeah. thing that you know, it's not only that things are more affordable, you also have just so much more of a variety. You have places you know, you'll go to a, some um, restaurants here that are basically in in somebody's home, um, and you know, I'll be You have, you know, oh, these stairs are a little rickety, and you're thinking, in America, my goodness, in America, this thing would be slapped as a as a public safety hazard. Oh, yeah. You You, you learn to you learn to be a little more careful, and um, and we have this tremendous variety here. um, And you 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 monitor your kids a little bit. You might get scraped, and nobody says, oh my goodness, you know, I I my toe is you. Oh, I'm going to sue somebody. It's just it's it's really it's really such a healthy healthy change here. I remember you telling me
1: that that one of your children had had broken his arm at, at a playground um and <laughs> and and there was a there was an adult superv- supervising the kids playing and and when you went to pick pick them up that she just kind of said oh by the way he I think he hurt his arm whereas you know and and, and that was just sort of like oh okay and then you you took care of it where is in America you know, the, the, I'm sure you would have had to sign 50 waivers before dropping your kids off at this playground. You oh know, and, yeah, and, and, and then there would have been, yeah, there. I mean, there would have been such, you know, concern that you were going to sue. Um, where is it? Where I remember you saying they just kind of they didn't show much concern because there isn't that culture there.
0: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It wasn't a broken arm; it was just a straight, a little scrape on the chin. But it was the kind of thing where you're absolutely right. Where it was amazing to me that um, that we were able, we had so much, um, so much freedom, and so many you know, like services offered because there was an expectation that. You're normal, I'm normal, you know, my kid fell off a step and scrapes his, his, um, his knee and his chin. Um, that happens, it happens when I'm watching yeah. him, it's gonna happen when essentially anybody's yeah. watching him and we're all gonna say like, oh, okay, sure, oh, you put a band-aid on, thanks, you know, see you later, it's all okay. Or I feel like in America, they would have, I would have never been allowed to do that in the first place. You've gotta sign a waiver when you enter a preschool to say that they're allowed to put band-aids on your kid. Just all sorts of stuff that's just utter nonsense. And it, you know, it costs totally. extra money, but worse, it just makes it it makes it, it makes life so much less fun. It's really a um, a shame. Yeah, it really is. And you think about there are actually bad consequences, uh, really
1: dangerous consequences. You think of what Austin's doing um, about um, how they're they're banning Lyft and Uber and other ride sharing services. And uh, when they did that, the drunk the um, the DUIs, the drunk driving. Um, cases went through the roof because, you know, look, last night I went out. Um, I had a, a reception to go to in DC. I Ubered there and home. It was, it was, because, now I, you know, only had a couple of drinks, but I, I certainly wasn't going to take that risk. And, and it was, it was very nice for me to be able to do that. And then if you, if you don't have that service, of course, that you still have taxis, but, you know, if you're in a remote area, if you're in an area that doesn't have taxis going back and forth, you know, it's, a re- it's really nice. And so, you know, again, in, in Austin, where they took these services away, you have the DUIs that went up. I mean, they, the, the city government there has literally endangered the people of Austin by, by robbing them of these, these services. It's, a, it's, it's absolutely terrible.
0: Yeah, you're right. And that is, that's just such a, a loss of, you know, entrepreneurship. Have it been a loss of fun? You're right. The taxi often and cost twice as much as, as, as Uber. There's a lot of 20-somethings who are going to say, you know what? You know, I, I only have um, 15 bucks left in my pocket. I guess I'll just have to do my best to get home um, rather than take a, take a cab. And that is, that's, that's a true danger. And, um, and it's just a real unnecessary shame that our, that our government's imposing on this, on uh, all of us. Um Julie, this is obviously a topic we could go on and on about, but I know we both have busy schedules and you want to go out and enjoy a bit of the summer day with your kids, just like I do with mine. So um, we're going to wrap it up. And I want to thank you for joining me today, Julie. And um, this has been another edition of IWF's Working for Women podcast. And for those who listened, thank you for your time. You can find out more about this topic and many more at IWF.org. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, Please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by iwf.org for similar content.